Welcome to the Traders Point Church of Christ podcast. Abraham is one of the most well-known biblical figures even still today. And his life, his relationship with God, and ultimately his faith are all recorded for us in remarkable detail throughout the pages of the Bible. So we're going to take eight weeks to work our way through his story and some of the important lessons that it holds for us today. And we're thankful that you've decided to join us. For more information on the Traders Point Church of Christ, please visit our website at traderspointchurch.org. And you can find us on Facebook and YouTube as well. Thanks again, and enjoy today's conversation. Hello, and welcome back to the podcast. We want to thank everyone for joining us this week. We're continuing our study through the life of Abraham. And today we're going to spend some time talking about his relationship with Lot. Uh, Lot is a character that, that comes up very early on in Abraham's story and travels with Abraham from their home. He's Abraham's nephew, and he plays a prominent role in certain aspects of Abraham's story, uh, most often associated with Sodom and Gomorrah and what happens there. But uh, there are other aspects to his story that we're going to talk about today. And uh, so we'll spend a few minutes today just kind of talking about the relationship between Abraham and Lot and, and a portion of Lot's story as it pertains to our overall theme of Abraham's life and some of the lessons that we can learn from that. So Jeremy, before we get into that, you know, this is episode four in this series that we're doing. So maybe just bring everyone up to speed a little bit in where we are in the timeline of Abraham and the parts of his story that we've covered so far. Yeah, you made mention, you know, already that that Lot pops up in the story of Abraham at the very beginning. He certainly mentioned by name. Uh, there's a story associated with him pretty early as well, chapter 13. We'll get into that uh, a little bit today. But I, I think that accentuates the, you know, the relationship and the impact that, that Lot, uh, you know, has with Abraham. They are extremely close. And, um, you know, now you're, you're, you're pretty early still in, in Abraham's story. Uh, we've already talked about in Genesis chapter 12, where God has kind of called him out of the land that he has been in and the, the land that he's comfortable with. We've spent a lot of time talking about that in a previous episode a couple of weeks ago. And uh, he's made these incredible promises to Abraham, but yet Abraham still is left in this land. And he's, got, he, he's left there with all of his things in a, a land he's not super familiar with. Lot is there as well. And, um, you know, he isn't a, a child, you know, by any stretch. I mean, he is a, a man, a grown man, yeah. you know, in, in a lot of ways. And so it, it's, it's really interesting to see how their relationship moves. Um, you know, it, it is a really interesting, you know, Abraham has a whole lot of really interesting relationships, if you mm-hmm. start to think about That's it. true. Yeah. You know, between him and his wife, and the, the Bible has a lot to say about that. Certainly with him and his children, mm-hmm. uh, Ishmael a lot to say about that, and certainly Isaac, but even his relationship with Lot, there really is a lot given to us. Not not just here in chapter 13, but really throughout Lot's story, Abraham is there. He, yep. He's made mention of. And so, you know, it's really interesting that this is the beginning of the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though he's mentioned in chapter 12, it really is here in chapter 13 that we're kind of introduced to him, you know, by narrative a little bit. Yep. Well, let's go ahead. We're going to read the first uh, 12 verses of chapter 13, just to give us a little bit of context around what Jeremy was talking about in the early parts of this story as it pertains to Lot. And then we'll talk about this particular situation that's being discussed here in chapter 13, as well as maybe some other aspects of Lot's story. So Genesis chapter 13, beginning in verse number 1. Then Abram went up from Egypt, he and his wife, and all that he had, and Lot with him, to the south. Abram was very rich in livestock and silver and in gold, 
and he went on his journey from the from the south as far as Bethel to the place where his tent had been at the beginning, between Bethel and Ai, to the place of the altar which he had made there at first. And there Abram called on the name of the Lord. Lot also went with Abram, had flocks and herds and tents. Now the land was not able to support them, and they that they might dwell together, for their possessions were so great that they could not dwell together. And there was strife between the herdsmen of Abram's livestock and the herdsmen of Lot's livestock, the Canaanites and the Perizzites that dwelt in the land. So Abram said to Lot, Please let there be no strife between you and me and between my herdsmen and your herdsmen, for we are brethren. Is not the whole land before you? Please separate from me. If you take the left, then I'll go to the right. Or if you go to the right, then I will go to the left. And Lot lifted his eyes and saw all the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere before the Lord had destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, like the garden of the Lord, that the land of Egypt, as you go towards Zoar. Then Lot chose for himself all the plain of Jordan, and Lot journeyed east, and they separated from each other. Abram dwelt in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelt in the cities of the plain, and pitched his tent even as far as Sodom. But the men of Sodom were exceedingly wicked and sinful against the Lord. So here we get this picture of Abraham and Lot as they have traveled and made this long journey that God directed them on. They've now gotten to a land where they're going to begin to settle down. And the reality is is that because of all of the livestock, because of all the herdsmen, because of everybody that they're traveling with, it's only going to make sense for them to split up. There's just too many people. There's too many animals there's, there's problems that are created. It's very easy to understand how this happens. There's plenty of land out there, and so they're going to split up. They're each going to take their own separate portion of, of land. And so we see this interaction that takes place between Abraham and Lot. And certainly, I think probably the more well-known part of this story happens because of the decision that Lot makes and who he ends up surrounding himself with and the, the impact of that down the road. But I think even this story here, specifically as it pertains to Abraham, gives us some really insightful information to how Abraham dealt with this situation, which I think is really a place where we can draw some application uh, to the way that we deal with conflict, to the way we approach leadership in situations like this. And I think that's an important part of the story as we kind of build out this picture of who Abraham was and some of the strengths that he has. Yeah, I mean, you know, there are incredible principles in play right here that we do see in the New Testament that I think people struggle with, especially when there comes to conflict or difficulty with, you know, someone else or a group of someone else's, right? So, I mean, there, there's conflict here. There is a division. There is a strife, uh, the word that's used here. And, uh, you know, a lot of times... When there's strife, uh, and uh, and two people are kind of facing off in the midst of that, they may want it to go away, mm-hmm. but both of them are standing on a line, and, and I'm not going to be the one that's going to bend, right? If you want this to go away, you, you do something about it. I'm not going to do anything, and they just kind of stand nose to nose, you know, right here. Now, a- Abraham was the one with all of the power. He mm-hmm. had all the authority. Lot yeah. is his nephew. Abram is the head of this family. He is um, seemingly older than Lot, and uh, he he has all control in every way. And, and he comes face to face with this strife, but yet he doesn't push Lot, you know, to say, "Listen, um, I, I'm going to tell you where you're going to go." He certainly doesn't stand on the line and you know basically say, "Listen, I'm not giving an inch. You're not giving an inch, and we'll just see who you know blinks first. Mm-hmm. 
you know, he, he sacrifices in order for that strife to go away. And, you know, that's the principles that we see. I mean, it, it is Jesus in every way when he, he, he teaches about turning the other cheek. It, it is about if you've got to sacrifice in order for peace to reign, uh, you, you need to be willing to do that. Now, that's not about compromising the truth mm-hmm. or it's not about, right. you know, doing, you know, all that. But if it's possible to live peaceable with all men, that's what God wants us to do. And sometimes the possibility of that means I've got to give. I've mm-hmm. got to give way. And it's not about being fair. It's not about you know losing out. But if if I need to give way in some capacity in order for there to be peace, I need to be willing to do that. And so we know that. But yet right here in Genesis chapter 13, we see that in play. And what's interesting is Abram, Abraham, he seems to do that really naturally, yep. and that is to me what is uh, one of the more impressive things. Yeah, this is this is a really important lesson I think for all of us to learn because I, I love what you just said. It paints the picture of someone who is in a position of power, someone who is in a position of leadership, being very selfless in the way that they interact with other people, which is the exact opposite of what many people in leadership, especially in our culture today seem to bring to the table. It's all about them. What can they get out of it? What's best for them? And then they're going to put that on everyone else. And they're going to tell them what to do because they're the boss. They're in charge. That's not the way Abraham approaches this. In fact, you know, Lot points out as he's looking around the land, he sees, hey, there's one side of this picture with well-watered land, and it's all green. This looks really pretty. Mm-hmm. You think Abraham didn't see the exact same thing? You don't think he's sitting there thinking that would be really nice land to have? I'm sure he was. Sure. He could have, as you pointed out, he could have said, hey, I'm taking this section, you take this section over here. He had every right to do that. He was the one that God was speaking to. He was the one that was leading their family at this point. He had every right to do that, and yet... He displays this selfless leadership, this humility that, again, is so uncommon, unfortunately, in our world today, that deferred to Lot and allowed him to make a decision as to what he thought was best for him and his family. Abraham knew that God was going to take care of him. Abraham knew that God was going to provide for him. He had confidence in that. And so it allowed him to defer a lot in this situation. And I think when we take those principles and we begin to apply them to our lives today, it's easier for us to defer to other people when we have the faith and confidence that God is going to take care of us. That, that gives us the freedom then to not have to toe that line and say, no, it's my way or the highway. No, I can defer to you. I can defer to other people because God's going to take care of me. I have confidence in that. And so I'm not going to create strife where it doesn't have to exist. I'm going to do the exact opposite of that and seek peace. Yeah, I mean, I think sometimes we we miss, you know, the story because we know what happens, right? A lot of times we, we know what happens. And, you know, sometimes, you know, I think that we... We, we we misuse the idea, and I think you pointed out the the area that Lot chose was the better land, mm-hmm. and uh, and that was that was the better way. I mean, sometimes I think we we paint the picture here in this story that here in this moment 
Lot chose to live in Sodom. Right. Now that that came much later. Yeah. That that was that wasn't a part of you know the choice you know per se. So yeah. you know it wasn't Abraham here saying, "Listen, I know he's going to choose that good looking land, but I know it's really dangerous." So I'm hoping he falls for it. You know, almost yeah. some underhanded right. you know kind yeah. of you know idea. That that's not the idea. Mm-hmm. The idea is here: there is strife. Let there not be strife between you and me or even the people associated with us. And so I'm now going to defer to you to, to make sure that strife goes away. And, and that is, I mean, that's principle after principle after principle, but very, very tricky, you know, for people to, to fall prey of it. And you're exactly right. Certainly people in leadership capacities, mm-hmm. but e- even for peers in a lot of ways, it, it is, I, I'm not, I'm not buckling. I, I'm not going to, I'm going to stay in here. Uh, and we'll just let there be strife then, right? Yeah. Like if, you, if we'll just let there be strife until I get my way. Mm-hmm. And you just see an, an incredible form of leadership here uh, of just allowing Lot because he, he didn't want he didn't want that strife. He didn't mm-hmm. want that. Uh, he cares for Lot, and we see that as he, he continues to <laughs> continues to help him as Lot continues to get himself into trouble. Abraham continues to help yeah. him out, right? Yeah, he does, and he does that because he cares for him, mm-hmm. and, and so he continually sacrifices for him. And in a lot of ways, this is just the beginning of it. Yeah, you know, when we think about our lives today, whether it's in our families, whether it's within the church, whether it's in our secular lives, workplaces, whatever it may be strife of some nature is is practically inevitable. You're going to deal with some level of strife when you're surrounded by a bunch of people in different walks of life. Strife is going to occur. What's really important then is how we deal with it when it's on our doorstep. And we can take the approach that I'm going to try to beat someone into submission until I get my way. But if that's the approach that we take, then peace is never attained. You may get your way, but peace hasn't been attained in any way. You've just beaten someone into submission. But when we approach that strife with a selfless, humble mentality, looking for an opportunity to defer to someone else when that opportunity arises, that's when true peace can actually be found. That can be found in your family, it can be found within the church, it can be found within the workplace. But that takes a level of humility that is uncomfortable. It, it takes a level of, of humility that doesn't necessarily come naturally to us. But, but it is what God calls on his people to have. And Abraham is a good example of that here, where, where he recognized that and, and realized that peace with his nephew and an alleviation of this strife, that was more important than him getting his way. That and that that is what that's a level of maturity that I hope we're all striving for. That peace is more important than me getting my way. That that that's the that's the mentality mentality of a full grown adult, not a child. Right. A child wants their way, but someone who is mature is someone who is able to set that aside and focus on striving for peace. And if that means me not getting my way, that's okay because peace is more important. That's a level of thinking that I think God is calling all of us to have. Yeah, I mean, it's what you read in the New Testament about, you know, looking out for the best interest of others yeah. above yourself. He, he's doing that in real time right here. The best thing for Lot was being allowed to choose which way to go. Yeah. And so Abraham, by way of humility, certainly by way of faith, uh, enables that to say, listen, this, this is the best thing for you. 
and I'm willing to provide that for you because I can. And, and that, you know, you talk about the way to think about other people. We have to be thinking about other mm-hmm. people that way. Well, what is best for you? Well, does that ding me in some way? Well, so be it, right? right. Because this is, this is what's best for you. And we see Abraham living that way, in his, certainly in his relationship with Lot, not just here, but throughout the remainder of his life. He's looking out yeah. for the best for Lot. And sometimes that puts Abraham in, in a dangerous spot or in a, an awkward spot, but he's always looking out for the best of people. Yeah, in chapter 14, he's going to have to go to battle to <laughs> yeah, save Lot. Right. And so you're right. I mean, he is he's always selfless in the way that he approaches him. And this is one of those many lessons that we can learn from Abraham and the way that he interacts with other people. Uh, but hopefully, obviously, there's a lot more to Lot's story than what we talked about today. But again, hopefully this gives you something to think about as it pertains to the leadership qualities we see in Abraham and his humility and willing to defer, uh, hopefully something that we can all learn from as we go forward. So we want to thank everyone for joining us today, and we will continue on our study of Abraham and his life next week.